Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. And we did take a day off of this. And I know everyone is wanting more and more coaching candidate talk as we are in the middle of a coaching search. But as Josh Whitman told us, it is pretty confidential. Uh, and it's supposed to be pretty quick. And I, I believe him uh, when he says both of those things. But why not talk about a few more of these coaching candidates? I think last time we talked about some people uh, that make a lot of sense. Uh, and that includes Jeff Monken from Army, Lance Leipold uh, from Buffalo, Sean Lewis from Kent State. And I do think Isaac Trotter went more all in on the Nathan Shieldhouse talk than I thought. Uh, I do think it's very unlikely uh, that Shieldhouse gets the job. But it's a fun conversation. But let's talk more about candidates. And Ryan Easterling, kind enough to join me yet again. How is day two of coaching search going for you, Ryan? See, I, I love these things because they're so interesting. But at the same time, I sleep so little during these coaching searches because I just go down rabbit holes of looking into staffs and where these guys have been and what they did at some of their previous stops, who they worked with. I, I almost feel like that meme of Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny, where I've got lines drawn between everything, trying to connect coaches from previous stops and figure out who might be linked to who. So um, I, for the sake of my sleep patterns, I really hope Josh gets this done quick. I think he will. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've been through it as much as I have. It's Illinois has, has had a number of these coaching searches and, uh, you, you start to, to, uh, I guess, get used to it. I, maybe that's, maybe that's the thing is you don't, it's not something you really want to get used to, but I think we've kind of started to get used to covering these. Well, and I think the difference of Josh Whitman coaching searches so far, right. Is that he surprises us. And I think, you know, we can th sit there and think, oh, these are the logical candidates. And everybody's coming out with lists. A lot of them are the same people, um, some of the guys that we talked about here. Um, but he's surprised us. And I, I do think he's someone that, you know, if you think you know or you hear something, it's not always true because nobody saw Lovey Smith coming until it happened. Um, Brad Underwood's name didn't even really get mentioned uh, until the day he was hired. So I, I do think most of us are, are just grasping at straws and just speculating uh, when it comes to this. But uh, speculation is fun uh, when it comes to this job. And I wanted to go over some names that maybe we didn't hit on in the last podcast. And I think one guy who checks all the boxes that I don't think we talked about in the last pod very much because we don't find it very realistic, Ryan. But I don't think this would be a, a legit Illinois coaching search if they didn't talk to Luke Fickle of Cincinnati, right? Or at least gauge his interest and then gauge it again if he says no because no one checks off the boxes for what the next Big Ten head coach should be than Luke Fickle right now. I mean, he's a, an Ohio State grad, uh, was an Ohio State coach and coordinator for a really long time, is killing it at a group of five school uh, at uh, Cincinnati. They're in top 10 in the country. Uh, his recruiting classes are better than some in the Big Ten, including Illinois, the last couple of years. He makes a lot of money, but uh, and he's turned down Michigan State. But if I'm Josh, I would just want a shot in the room with him. Right. To, to say, give me a chance to talk to you about this. Maybe you don't think it's better in Michigan State. Let me tell you why it is. And maybe you can go off of you'd be in the West. Right. You've recruited Chicago while getting kids like Jaden Thompson, some other kids uh, out of uh, it, get to get to go to Cincinnati and that you can eventually have a chance to play for a national title here, which is not going to be the case in Cincinnati. And when's the next Big Ten job that's opening up or, or what job are you waiting for? we can give you that chance right now to make it big in the big 10. So I don't think they get them Ryan, but I, I don't think it'd be a process unless you try to do everything you can to try and land him. 
Yeah, I, I think it's a due diligence thing. You know, you're really not doing your due diligence in a search if you're not reaching out to a guy that has a lot of the characteristics and, and the accomplishments that you're looking for in a potential coaching candidate. So, you know, especially for a guy that, you know, he, while he doesn't have a whole lot of Illinois roots, uh, has recruited the state of Illinois especially well. Uh, and, you know, he, I think he would hit the ground running if he was the guy. Uh, but again, he's paid very well at Cincinnati. Cincinnati isn't and hasn't really been a bad job. I mean, it's, it's a good, good school that has invested in its football program. They've had success in the past. Brian Kelly, so, right? Yeah, that was his, exactly. He went from Central Michigan to Cincinnati to Notre Dame. Yeah, and for that reason, I, I think that gives a guy like Fickle the op- opportunity to be selective. Uh, you know, the opportunities right now on the coaching market are fairly slim. There's not a whole lot of openings. Uh, and from the Big Ten standpoint, you know, there, there may not be too many that I think he would really jump at, uh, you know, maybe in a year, depending on what happens with Harbaugh's contract, maybe Harbaugh does. But to see an Ohio State guy take over at Michigan, I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, you saw all the uh, you saw the controversy when when some assistant coaches crossed enemy lines this past offseason. So just imagine what would happen if, if one of their own headed that way. So I don't, I don't see that happening. You know, if things don't work out with frost at Nebraska, I don't see fickle going that way. Uh, and I also don't know that fickle takes a, a job in the South. The the one school I, I I'd be curious to see, I, at least I think would be a good fit for him. Uh, but it'd be out of the region would be if USC ended up opening up, I could see fickle being a USC kind of coach. I know there were some rumors last time around that maybe Matt Campbell might be under consideration if that job ever opened up. I think Graham Harrell might have a shot at that one too, just, uh, you know, from within Uh, a lot of people are talking about Graham Harrell now as, as a potential head coach, not too far down the road. Um, but I, you know, Right now, situationally, I think you just have to take your shot because you are one of the better openings that makes sense for him right now. See if he's interested, and if not, be willing to move on. Um, you know, do, give it a good try, and, and you know, if he says no at first, do do raise your offer, but also don't miss out because there's a number of other good candidates out there. Right. And if you sit there all day just beating a dead horse with a guy that just frankly isn't interested. Uh, you might miss out on the next best candidate. And, and you don't want to be strung along. But I, as you said, I don't think there's there's jobs out there that they can be strung along for, which is part of the timing of all of this is uh, I don't think Auburn's going to fickle. I don't think Arizona can get fickle. And those are the two com- competitors right now. Now, if Michigan came open, yeah, then, then that'd be different. Or if another Big Ten school came open, then it'd be a little bit different. But uh, I think fickle would be tough to get. But I, if I'm Josh Whitman, I want to try and get into a room with him. Uh, we didn't break down the coordinator candidates very much, but the two guys from the Midwest, guys with Big Ten ties that make a lot of sense are Jim Leonard out of Wisconsin and Marcus Freeman out of Cincinnati. If you can't get Fickle, then you might want to get the the right-hand man. I mean, Freeman could be in position to get that Cincinnati job whenever Fickle leaves or, or maybe another FBS job here very shortly. Jim Leonard really interests me. And talking with some Wisconsin people, Ryan, they rave about him uh now that's a pretty buttoned up program like not much leaks out of there they don't don't do much with the media Uh, but when he does he's very impressive he's very intelligent uh obviously has great defense uh and has continued that tradition at wisconsin a very bright defensive mind who plays a defense that can combat uh modern offenses unlike the one i think illinois runs right now he's a very good recruiter 
Wisconsin has been a great uh, cradle uh, for coordinators to turn into coaches. You can look at Paul Christ, who's now the head coach there, uh, Dave Doran, um, Justin Wilcox, Dave Aranda. They've had a great run of coordinators that have turned into very good Power 5 coaches. And uh, he's got NFL background. He's from Wisconsin. I think he'd do pretty well recruiting-wise. It's just who could he hire as a staff, Ryan? And um, would he leave Wisconsin? Some people think he's very highly paid there. He's very comfortable there. That's his home state. That's his alma mater. Would he leave there for a school like Illinois? I think it'd be a great opportunity for him. And I don't see Paul Chris leaving anytime soon. But uh, he's a very intriguing candidate to me. Yeah, I mean, obviously he has the credentials, at least from uh, the way his defense has performed the last couple of years. Uh, and, you know, really Wisconsin's been a cradle of, of developing coaches. Uh, you know, it, the question I have, again, goes back to he's a Wisconsin guy through and through. Does he does he leave? And you know, I think you've got to make a pretty compelling case for him to leave. Now, if he sees this as his opportunity, maybe he considers it. Uh, I you know, like some of the other younger candidates, I have questions about who he builds as a staff because I think, for, especially for the younger guys, not just Leonard himself, uh, but for a lot of the younger guys, how they assemble their staffs is really going to determine how successful they are. You know, on their own, a lot of them have been wildly successful in their areas, especially the guys that are the coordinators. Um, but as far as running a program and assembling a program and being the guy in charge, uh, the way that they build their staffs and and put the right resources around them in their first head coaching gig, or at least their first major head coaching gig, is going to be critical, I think, to setting the tone and setting themselves up for success. And it's you know, if they, if they don't do it well, that foundation falls out from underneath them. They don't necessarily have the history that some of the more uh, experienced and seasoned coaches have. Um, so you, you kind of got to hit get it right the first time. Otherwise, you're probably taking a step or two back, retooling and coming back later for another opportunity a few years down the road. I think Leonard's the guy ready to make the power five jump. I don't know if Freeman's there yet, right? I, I mean, he he's going to get an FBS job very soon. But I, I think there's another step there. Uh, for Marcus Freeman, as you said, all those things. Uh, but he's recruited the Midwest extremely well. Again, has a great defense, uh, has a Big Ten background, not only as a former Ohio State linebacker star, but he coached at Purdue under Daryl Hazel. Obviously, with, with Fickle, he's got the experience at Cincinnati, and they've recruited very well. He's got a great system. Uh, but I, I think he's probably the guy who gets maybe the Cincinnati job next or maybe some American uh, job next or, or maybe a higher level um, defense coordinator position. Uh, he's passed up Michigan State uh, from what it was reported and passed up a, an assistant coaching job with the Tennessee Titans. So he's thought of very highly and definitely an up-and-comer, but I think he's probably uh, probably one step away from a Big Ten coaching job. Yeah, he's still really young. I mean, he's got a lot of promise. He's an ace recruiter, excellent recruiter. Uh, you know, he's got that Big Ten pedigree. It's just a matter of I, – I think – he could probably take another year or two to really establish himself, um, spend more time around more experienced coaches, understand what running a program really involves. And I think at that time, then he'd probably be ready to make that jump. But, you know, as of right now, I think he'd probably be finding his way a bit his first year or two in the next gig. And as cutthroat as coaching and, and college football is in general, I don't know that you really have that luxury unless you have a very, very patient athletic director. All right, Ryan, when we come back, let's talk about some guys who have had Power 5 jobs in the past who Illinois can consider. That's next. 
All right, let's dive into maybe some retread names here, Ryan. And, and there's a couple guys that are definitely putting their names out there uh, and definitely are advocating for this job. And one guy who I kind of just have shied away from because uh, I've heard his name. I know he wants this job. He's throwing his name into every open job, I think, including Southern Miss. Uh, he threw his name into that one. Brett Bielema, uh, who of all the coaches we're talking about, has had more power five success than, than most of them. Right. Um, so he definitely, uh, Brett Bielema definitely has a track record in the big 10 in the Midwest. He's an Iowa grad played linebacker there, um, was on the Iowa staff for a really long time. Of course was at Wisconsin, won three conference titles there, two Rose bowl appearances, recruits the Midwest extremely well. Um, Obviously has ties. I think of all these candidates we're talking about, he could probably put together one of the most competent staffs, ready staffs. And he has an identity, right? I mean, he's got the smash mouth offensive identity that he ran at both Wisconsin and Arkansas pretty successfully. And he's got that three-man defensive front that I think uh, more colleges are going to because it, it fits against spread schemes. Um, but I know you pay attention to Arkansas football. That, that didn't go very well at Arkansas. He did have three seven-win seasons, but only one season over 500 in the SEC, and I know he took over Bobby Petrino. But there's also just a brashness to his personality, Ryan. Um, I don't think there's a lot of huge red flags, uh, but there's a brashness a little bit that uh, does it gel with, with Josh Whitman. I mean, ultimately, I think Josh Whitman just wants to win. Um, but this name... It makes a little bit more sense than some of these other names that I think agents and, and these coaches themselves are pushing out. Uh, and Barry Alvarez, from what I'm told, is is giving him a recommendation to Illinois. So um, a name that I think we got to keep in mind, but it's an interesting name. If a, a third chance as a, as a Power Five coach, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I've always thought about this with with Bielba because I did get to see his uh, his tenure at Arkansas. I just kind of followed that a little more closely than most in this area. Um, you know, I with him, I think it was a lot of grass is greener on the other side, and it ended up not being. Um, you know, he had a great thing going at Wisconsin. They had an identity. They ran the football. They got the best lineman or developed the best lineman. And I, I think he, I don't know if he just felt that he was better than that and decided to take on the big bad sec and got a slice of humble pie down there. Uh, Cause it didn't go how he intended and how he envisioned he had good. He, I mean, he had winning seasons and, and that's something that, and he, he did it consistently, which we saw what happened with the guy that took his place in Chad Morris. Chad Morris was awful. He had good recruiting, but that was about it. Um, you know, to me, Sam Pittman's kind of like a more mature Brett Bielema. Hmm. He's a, he's kind of a no nonsense, like play tough, smash mouth football kind of guy. Uh, who, you know, Pittman like Bielema has that coaching tree. He's been around for a while and, and has a lot of connections at, at different levels. So, um, you know, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, he's he's been thrown out there for a lot of these jobs, um, but uh, I don't know. Do you do you really take that leap? Do you? I think maybe if like one or two of your candidates turn it down, you give them a, give them a shot. But I don't know. I just, I, I've always had some hesitation about him just because you don't, you don't know where he's at now. Yeah. He's a position coach in the NFL. So yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe he has, maybe his attitude has changed. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. How about another one? And I think this is another agents are pushing this name a little bit. Jim McElwain. 
uh, is at Central Michigan now. He's only been there two years and hasn't had great success there, um, but they had a winning season last year. At Florida, he won back-to-back SEC East Division titles, was greatly successful at Colorado State. Um, he's won wherever he's gone. Uh, he is 58 years old, by the way. He's from Montana. He's coached in Michigan State and his assistant. Uh, he's coached, obviously, at Central Michigan these last couple of years. But he's from out west. He's kind of gone all around. He, he he was under Saban's staff from 2008 to 2011, which is never a bad thing. But he's got a red flag. Um, he got fired after a weird season some weird pictures on the internet. <laughs> on are, we, are we jumping the shark on this one? <laughs> yeah, good call. And um, he lied to the university about death threats when he was the coach yeah. at Florida. Um, those appear to be the kind of red flags Josh Whitman would want to avoid. Um, I do think he can coach, and he was able to recruit at Florida. Uh, but there's not many ties here, and I, I think this would be a big leap for Josh Whitman. Yeah, and just from this the standpoint of not really having a whole lot of deep inroads in the state of Illinois. I mean, wherever he has been, he hasn't really recruited Illinois that heavily. So I, given the emphasis that Josh put on reconnecting with the state of Illinois, and you're hearing it time and time again from former players, you know, the common thread is, hey, you need to reconnect with the state. Um, and, you know, McElwain's a great coach, but I think he would probably – have to revamp a lot of his staff if he did end up getting the Illinois job. Um, you know, a lot, there's about three or four members of his staff at central Michigan that have been with him at a few of his stops. Uh, but none of them have any ties to the state of Illinois. So I think he'd probably be um, revamping most of his staff. He may keep one or two guys that have just traveled with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, anytime you're not, you're not having that, or you don't carry that momentum with you into the next job. And the other thing too, is, I mean, he's in the Mac, Illinois is looking at two or three other Mac coaches and he doesn't seem like the most logical one. So, you know, I think there are better options even within that conference that Illinois is considering though. I mean, there are some aspects of McElwain that are intriguing. Um, I just, I just don't know if you can get over the quirks and if he really makes sense just from a resume standpoint. All right. One more retread. And he's available. He's a free agent. Illinois didn't get him the first time around, Ryan. Would you talk to Kevin someone? It's funny because every time these searches come up, there's always that one hot name. Uh, And I remember the search few years back where there was these rumors about gargantuan offers to Kevin Sumlin, you know, these offers greater than any, any contract offer that Illinois had made for a football coach before. And there were rumors that he had turned him down twice and, and all this. And, you know, now you look back and, you know, someone had some success, but other than really at Houston, uh, it kind of like he, he, ha- he was hot early for a couple of years, had Johnny football, started, right. And then it started to drop off at pretty much all of his stops. I mean, and he ruined after- Arizona. I mean, Rich Rod, I understand why uh-huh. he was fired, but they had a good thing going there. And he tried to change that program. I think didn't adapt to Khalil Tate, you know, had Noel Mazzone come in and try to coach Khalil Tate as a pocket passer. And it's like, you can gradually change that stuff, but you have to adapt to the roster you inherit. He never did and never got any traction there. Right. Yeah. There were a lot of, there were a number of decisions he made along the way that really, I think ultimately cost him. Um, and I don't know, I've, I've never met the guy. I've ne- I don't really know a whole lot about his personality. I mean, it seems like he's at least on TV, fairly charismatic, but you know, when he's in those coaching rooms and when he's dealing yeah. with his players and his roster, I, 
I just, I don't know if he's a guy that's going to be a program builder. He seems like a guy that can come in and capitalize on success early, but then lacks the ability to really sustain it long-term. Well, and, uh, and, and that's where I think certain, certain candidates that have shown prolonged success are, are, pre, are maybe not valued as much as they should be. And he's struggled to recruit to a similar program. Right, like he, he recruited well at Texas A&M that has all these resources, and Illinois has some resources, but Arizona in the Pac-12, and it might be even a little bit better in Illinois in the Big Ten, and he struggled to recruit there and, and get something going. So I don't think it'd be a very inspiring hire, even if you know I, I think he'll probably get an FBS job uh, at some point in the next year or two, uh, but I, I doubt it should be Illinois. All right, if we want to do the Brad Underwood specials before we get out of here, like coaches that you think the you steals. can steal. And Still. I had two on my list. So people that aren't VIP members, I'll give you these two. Um, Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. I've had this name on my mind uh, ever since I thought Lovey could be fired last year, Ryan, to now. Because Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, which is a very, very tough program to win at, uh, he has built a stable, solid uh, ACC program. And he only gets paid $2.3 million, $2 million. So he's built winners at everywhere he's been. He's been at the FCS level at Fordham uh, and Richmond, FBS level at Bowling Green. He built that up before Dino Babers took over and, and led them to a couple MAC uh, championship games. But a good offensive mind, good program builder, has those Midwest ties, and could be a coach that's a little bit underappreciated. So what would you think of David Clawson? Because I would imagine Dave's like, I don't know if this school appreciates me enough, and just like Brad Underwood could think about leaving. Yeah, from a football standpoint, I think Dave Clawson has a lot of, of characteristics you're looking for. Uh, he's a guy that can build a program, knows how to assemble a roster, is well-respected, and um, you know, for the most part, adjusts to any of the talent he has. Uh, I think he does a really good job of getting a lot out of the guys he has, and he's in a tough region. I mean, you look in that that Carolina's region where you've got North Carolina that now has Mac Brown, you've got Clemson down there in South Carolina, you've got NC State with Dave Doran. Uh, I know some people have mentioned Doran, by the way, because he coached at NIU. I think it'd be tough to get him from NC State, right? Yeah. I, and that was a guy I looked at. So I, I mentioned going down the rabbit hole. Um, I was looking at, I was looking at, well, you know, this guy's got a lot of ties and looking at his staff, his staff has a lot of ties to Illinois, whether it was from his NIU days or not, but he's got a former Illinois player. That's his passing game coordinator and assistant head coach. It's uh, George McDonald, who was a 99 alum of the university of Illinois. So, I mean, he, I think he just reworked his deal like sometime in 2019. I don't know exactly when, but it was like a three-year extension. So I think he signed through 2023 at about 3.2 million a year, roughly, give or take. I don't know if that's the exact number, but I think it's somewhere in that vicinity. So to get him to come, it wouldn't be cheap. Probably be four and a half, five, right? It would. Yeah, you'd be you'd be paying. Um, I guess it's just a question of does he think he's going to be able to get over the top of some of those programs like Clemson? or uh, North Carolina. I mean, he's, right. he's been close, but it's, it's just tough to get over the top and maybe the big 10 West is more appealing. Yeah, no, I, it's a guy that you might want to reach out to and, and find out. Um, I, I, interest. I want to go back to, to Clawson from 2016 to 2019. He led wake forest to four straight bowl games. Uh, they've never done if I remember correctly. Yeah. They've never done that before. And I know if you look at his record, He's 40 and 43, and that was after two, three, and nine seasons to start one and seven in the uh, ACC. But he's basically a 500 coach in the ACC, which is basically like leading Illinois to a 500 record, 
right, over four seasons, which think about the coaches we've been talking about, 10-33 and 33 for Lovey Smith, 4-20 and 20 for Tim Beckman, 18-38 and 38 for Ron Zook. Ron Turner's was close to that, right, and 20-43 and 43 or something like that. So, I mean, you might sit there and go, that, that record isn't that great in the ACC, but over the last five seasons – uh, he's, I think, two games under 500 at a very, very tough program uh, to be successful at, and one Ryan that I believe academically, uh, Wake Forest is, is pretty good. Am I correct there? I don't. Um, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. Wake Forest is a pretty, pretty good school as far as academic standards. Um, you know, I, I looked a little bit into Clawson, but I haven't looked a whole lot into his assistants to see how many of them have traveled with him. I did look at kind of what his current assistants' backgrounds are, and you know, it's a lot of guys that are. East Coast, New Northeast, New England area type guys. So and so is Clemson. Yeah, yeah and so I'm not sure. You know, from his past stops, uh, how how much he's diversified his staff, or if some of these guys uh, that are with him now have been with him along the way. So that's something I'll be looking at, uh, especially if he is a serious candidate. Um, but if, you know, like you said, from the from the standpoint of all the football boxes, he checks a lot. Uh, and the ability just to build programs wherever he's been. All right, one more name that I've had my eye on since last year as well. Um, he actually gets paid pretty well, around three, three and a half million dollars. But the school he's at is basically cash strapped, and um, he has not had a great experience there, I don't think. But another former Wisconsin coordinator, Justin Wilcox. Uh, who is now the California head coach, of course, beat Illinois in the Red Box Bowl. Has had some good success uh, the last couple of years, back-to-back bowl games uh, for the first time in a long time uh, at Cal. So um, I think he's a really good coach. We got to see him up close to the Red Box Bowl. I was really impressed with him. And I think Whitman and, and the pitch of you know the facilities they have, all that. Now, he is a West Coast guy. He spent time at Tennessee and Wisconsin, of course, but most of his career is on the West Coast. He's from the West Coast, um, so you'd worry a little bit about that. But he's a very bright defensive mind. I think he's very creative. I think he could get after it in recruiting, and I, I think he'd be respected around here, even if he doesn't have the deepest ties in this area. So that, that's a guy that I think is probably looking to leave. Uh, would he leave for Illinois? I'm not sure, but I, I think that's a guy that, uh, with the current place he's at, probably isn't satisfied. Yeah, and he, he's a good defensive coach. You know, he's a, a coach that has uh, overseen some really, really good linebackers. I mean, Weaver Weaver was outstanding at Cal. Illinois got to see him in that Red Box Bowl, and so um, you know he knows his stuff, X's and O's wise, especially. Uh, he's still on the younger end, um, but he's got some experience. He's he's been around. He's been at some big programs, so. You know, I don't know that you necessarily worry about a lack of experience with him. I think he brings that to the table. Um, you know, how well could he plug into the Midwest? Uh, you know, his stays there have been pretty brief in the past. So, you know, I think maybe there's a little bit of concern there from that standpoint. But really, it, there, I don't think there's any perfect candidate. And that's what these always come down to is who covers the most boxes, but who I also feel is the best fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and who do I feel like is somebody that's going to give the program, at least if I'm in Josh Whitman's shoes, who do I feel like is somebody that's going to give the program their dedication, um, is truly committed to this, um, is going to do this the right way. Uh, he harped time and time again on integrity as being a very, very critical metric in this. So, you know, I, I think you're looking for somebody that just feels like the right fit. There's not some, some, 
detailed scorecard that he's necessarily grading everybody on. I mean, sure, he's probably done his research in that regard, but you know, I think I think for him, a lot of this is going to be feel, mm-hmm. uh, which Mike Thomas could have learned a thing or two from that. Which, by the way, some people have asked about the pandemic and like, does that mean you're doing it virtually? No. No, um, you have to meet these people in in person and hopefully those meetings in person can be very, um, informative, unlike Tim Beckman with Mike Thomas. Okay. So, uh, I think Josh Whitman, you're right. I think the feel of being in that same room with them is important. Any other candidates, any other names you just want to throw out there, Ryan, so we can chew over. I'm sure there's going to be more that come up. The, The thing about these things too, especially on message boards is, Everyone's like, what about this guy? What about that guy? And then like, there's a candidate of the day every time and all, everybody latches on to a new candidate every day, day or every other day. Day one was all Nathan Shieldhouse, the merits of it, which probably triple not going to happen. And yes, the triple <laughs> option with Jeff Monken, which I think Jeff would- He could adapt. Yeah, no, I think he'd probably go more of a spread scheme. I think it'd be run heavy, uh, but mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be more of a power run offense, spread offense. Kind of like Rod Smith wants to run, but I think with Brandon Peters, he just kind of got away from it too much. So kind of what Lance Leipold runs at Buffalo. Yes, I, I think that's that's kind of what he would run. Listen, I think Leipold and Monken make so much sense. I, I, I think both They're those. Low risk. I, I think both those guys would make a lot of sense. I think they'd be great leaders of the program. I think they bring a kind of identity. Uh, I think Monken would be super popular within state uh, recruiting. He'd have to prove himself with some big time recruitments, but uh, I. I think his energy uh, would be great. I think Leipold makes a ton of sense. You know, Sean Lewis, to me, is a little bit more boomer bust. Um, So some of the candidates we've talked about just, you know, um, that make the most sense there, that everybody is listing for for obvious reasons. But, uh, again, we don't know where Josh Whitman's going with this. We haven't mentioned, Ryan, Bob Stoops. What do you think? Uh, Pipe dream. Um, I mean, he, his wife loves Chicago and Chicago is, you know, at least the part of town they live in three hours North of Champaign. It's a, a long stretch, way. <laughs> it's a stretch, oh yeah. Yeah. Further than Norman, Oklahoma. Um, but I, man, I, the guy coached in the XFL for a little bit, which, you know, the XFL was around for a little bit. <laughs> it's coming <laughs> and, uh, back. The rocks bringing it back. It man. is. I know. Do you, do you smell what the XFL is cooking? <laughs> Um, yeah, Bob uh, Stoops still pretty young, you know, 60. Yeah. Um, he but got, he got out early and that's a guy that, I mean, shoot, if, if Bob Stoops decided that he really wanted to do this and this, I mean, do I think there's a, a chance, <laughs> maybe 1%, maybe, and that's probably too high. Insert dumb and but, dumber here. <laughs> uh, but, so you're saying there's a chance. Um, but no, I think if he's a guy that, that wants to get, whether it's Illinois or wherever, if he wants to get back in coaching, he has no problem hiring assistants. Yeah. None. He, he just pops open. He probably sells a Rolodex, pops open the Rolodex and just calls up and has a staff in a week. That's not happening. I don't think. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to go get, I'm going to go buy some lotto tickets if that happens. And uh, there's a, there's a corner of people that apparently think urban Meyer is, is coming to Illinois. Uh, I don't know how you turned out Austin, Texas, if you want to get back into the gig. Um, yeah. Sorry. Champagne sounded so much better. I think it'd be more likely that you reach out to urban Meyer to talk about fickle. Right. And, yes. and to talk about what do what do you think I need to do to convince him to come here? And how do you think he'd do? You know, I think or that or, hey, can I steal Tom Herman? I, like that, that would make more sense to me than <laughs> than Urban Meyer. Right. Coming to Illinois. You pull the Makovic revenge game and go get Tom Herman, uh, who's on the hot seat there. At Texas. <laughs> is it worth is it worth the money? No. 
Probably not. <laughs> exactly. I'm just I'm just saying that makes more sense to me than Urban Meyer taking Illinois, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, there's no and the other thing too, Urban's got a super cushy gig oh. with with Fox. I mean, like I would I wouldn't give that up to go coach Illinois. And that's no slight on Illinois. It's just Urban can pick whatever Urban wants. Urban could pick I'm going back into Ohio State Ryan Day. And they'd be like, sure. Yeah. USC would fire Clay Helton in a second for Urban Meyer. Yeah. I mean, Texas was ready to pay Tom Herman 20-something million dollars, right? I still can't believe Auburn just paid Gus Malzahn $21 million to go away. That that decision is really baffling to me. It just makes no sense. It, it's a lot of money to get rid of somebody that was winning games and just had one down year. Yeah, six and four as a down year. Yeah, right. In the yeah. SEC, SEC schedule, and you go six and four. Ryan Easterling, thanks for chewing over some memes, man. I know people are were hungry for it. I'm sure we'll be back for the next round. Thanks, Ryan. All right, thanks. All right, there you go. I knew you guys wanted uh, some more names to be chewed over. And I think last time we did pretty well with Leipold and Monken and maybe a little bit more Nate Shieldhouse talk than I thought. But, man, uh, Isaac loved it. And I, and I, I think the world of Nate Shieldhouse and think he'll be a head coach not in too long uh, into the future. But, obviously, that seems very unlikely. Um, but we went over some of the other names and the coordinator names, the possible retreads, and then some guys that could steal. I, I think all of those make sense, but um, or all of them have some merits. Uh, and I think all of them would be interested in the Illinois job. And I just think the timing of this does work out well for Illinois and Josh Whitman. And, and I think firing Lovey Smith this week as opposed to next week could be big for them because there's really not anybody else in your wheelhouse. Arizona sounds like the San Jose State coach could be the guy they're going after or more West Coast kind of candidates. That makes sense. They're in the Pac-12. Auburn's looking for somebody with Southern ties, right? And and somebody, um, we'll see where they go. I, I, I couldn't believe they didn't go Gus Malzahn. I know we didn't bring up Gus Malzahn there, uh, but I think he could wait, uh, collect some money, and uh, look to go elsewhere and just doesn't have very many Midwest ties. So that's another name uh, that, that maybe you want to consider. Uh, but Virginia Tech doesn't sound like they're going to make a coaching change here. So it might make sense. Um, you know, it makes a lot of sense for Illinois to get in here now because I think there's some really good candidates that we brought up. And I think Josh Whitman's shown he can go get people that surprise us and maybe our, our guys that we thought, eh, they probably can't steal them. So um, I think it's a good thing that, that you got the AD that you have right now. All right, we got an Illinois basketball game to cover tonight. Derek Piper and I will be there. I do have version 2.0 of our coaching hot board up on the site right now. Also have a preview of what signing day will be like. And I've had some updates on the site about uh, the latest with Illinois football recruiting. From the sounds of it, guys, and, and I'm hoping to have a, a very insightful interview for you in the next couple of days on the podcast. Uh, but from the sounds of it, it sounds like the staff right now is doing a heck of a job of keeping uh, this class together. Now, I know it's not a highly rated class, but whoever the next coach is going to be is going to have a heck of a time trying to put together uh, a 2021 class with some talent that can help him. And, you know, I thought Bill Cubitt did an admirable job in the class of 2016, and it wasn't a very good class. But there were some pieces that ended up helping Lovey Smith, whether it was Dele Harding or Jake Hansen. Uh, there were some pieces in that class that, that at least 
you could turn into players down the road. And I think this one has it um, too. And I think some better prospects. Brody Wisecarver told me last night he's going to stick and sign with Illinois. Uh, it sounds like most of the other prospects will sign with Illinois as well. Wide receiver Patrick Bryant, who's got several Power 5 offers. Uh, D.D. Snyder, a defensive back. Prince Green, three-star, really good athlete. A little bit raw, uh, but definitely has some talent there. Dylan Rosiek. Now, a linebacker that uh, hard not to compare to Jake Hansen. Uh, Zachary Barlev, in-state offensive lineman. Josh Geske, in-state offensive lineman. Uh, so at least you got some pieces that you can put together in that class so that you got something to build from and you're not just going from scratch or trying to scramble uh, at the being, at the next signing period, which starts in February. So kudos to the staff for being pros here. Um, Rod Smith, Jimmy Lindsay have met with the media, us media, the last couple of days. They've been very professional, um, and they're doing their job right now, which is to continue to help Illinois while they're under contract, even though they don't know where they'll be on Monday or whenever the next head coach gets in here, right? Which maybe this weekend we get a name uh, and, and we get an announcement, we get a press conference and all of that. Uh, but for the next week, they're all working hard for Illinois, so I think they deserve some kudos for that. We'll have more signing day coverage. I got a big feature on one of the prospects coming up. We'll have live updates throughout the day on that as well and some uh, analysis of all of those prospects as well. As always, thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. If you don't already, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, and you got one day. Uh, our deal is ending on Wednesday. Uh, so you got one more day to take advantage of 60% off a VIP annual membership for the first year to align. I inquire. It's a heck of a time guys to do it with all the coaching search going on, all the recruiting and all big 10 basketball starting up tonight as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini inquire podcast.